This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Hi guys, it's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And uh, on the show this week, we talked all things Halloween and some of the scariest experiences that have happened to some of our listeners. Things like hearing humming when you're in the office late at night or a window opening on the floor above you and having to sit the whole night long with a cricket bat in your hand. <laughs> Pretty amazing stuff. We also checked in with Paris Norris. He's, of course, the guy in Dubai and he's done some pretty scary things over the years. We wet our appetites for Chef's Table happening in Abu Dhabi and also took a look at the world of art in Abu Dhabi as well. And finally, the icing on the cake was a young man who's got a fantastic voice and can certainly write a song. That singer-songwriter Vishal Ganesh. Do enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. What is the most scared that you have ever been? Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be a movie. It could be a life experience, something that you've done. Poor Nan. I'm even I thinking can't believe you've it. done one of these. Uh, I, I was getting paid to do it for my TV show. <laughs> Otherwise, I would never have done it. Um, I had to do a bungee jump. And it was literally on the edge of Shakeside Road. and uh, yeah. And um, as I went up, the TV cameras were filming. Everyone was cheering me. And I was like, I can do this. I can do this. I can do yeah, this. Yeah. There's an actual video. And as I go up, I look down. And then I'm like, I'm going to die. And I'm going to die on camera. And I was so scared. You actually see the guy gently tap and push me because what? I really didn't want to do it. But it was scary. <laughs> I, I know. I've got a funny story there as, as well on one on one of these bungee jumps. It was the early days. You did of, one? No, it was the early days of the Dubai Shopping Festival, and um, I just started on uh, on Dubai ninety two at, at the time. So yeah. it was way back when. And um, my boss said, I want you to go out and, and cover a bungee jump. They're going to be doing a bungee jump on the creek. Uh, we've got a guy that's going to do it with you. Uh, I remember you that know, one. And uh, he, he's going to come and he, you don't have to do the jump. He'll do it. Uh, you just report about it on, on the radio. So we get down there. I interviewed the, uh, the, the operators of, of the bungee jump. And uh, this guy appears, he's, he's a tough-looking guy, you know, his tattoos and uh, piercings, <laughs> all, all that. I thought, oh, he's, he's a tough guy. Anyway, as we're going up on the bungee jump, I, his face drained, but I'm sure a bit like Same. yours. And he, he said, I can't do it. I oh, wow. I can't do it. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have done it either. I, I'd, so I'd, he didn't do it? <laughs> well, I'm. let's say, for radio's sake, I made it up that he didn't oh, do it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So I'm braver than the tattooed boy. Luckily, it's 30 years ago. No, he, he didn't do it. But, um, you know, it's one that sticks in my mind as well. So once again, guys, we're asking you, what is uh, the most scared you have ever been? Uh, we're going to go to line number two. Finn is with us um, once again. Always a pleasure to catch up with uh, Finn. Um, so uh, what's the scariest thing that you can remember, Finn, happening to you? Um, well, I remember going down the, um, it was a jet black uh, water shoot at Wild Wadi. And uh, that was pretty scary because you couldn't see a thing. And I was worried that I was going to get stuck in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they go at some speed at those, uh, uh, those water shoots as well, don't they? And especially when yes, you can't yes. see anything. Uh, I, I mean... know. I know. And I did go on another, on... Um, what was it? Uh, the Atlantis. It's called the Leap of Faith or something. Yeah, I've, I've, call I've it done the that. The Kiss of Death. <laughs> I've done that. You feel like you're vertical, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I did. I went out with a friend of mine, Judy, and uh, I said, look, I've got to go first because I'm going to chicken out. You're really oh, brave. Oh, you are. 
so I did. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was um, well, it's so quick, you know. It's just so I'm glad it was over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, would would you do a bungee jump like Punam did, Finn? No, I haven't got the guts. I think <laughs> when I was about nineteen, yeah, I would have. I wanted to be a stunt girl because wow. I rode horses, and I wanted to do. I really wanted to do that. So I think I would have been braver then. But now I'm. I'm. Uh, no, no. I've, uh, I wouldn't do it Finn, now. Finn, I only no. did it because I was getting paid to do it. Otherwise, I never <laughs> wanted to do it. It was my job. Well, <laughs> well I wouldn't be. Able to, I, well, you're brave. I know. <laughs> I couldn't do it, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, um, Finn. What's the scariest thing uh, that that has happened to you? I I think for me it's the movie. I always come back to this movie, Silence of the Lambs, that (sighs) absolutely terrified me for for days and weeks after. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not into scary movies, but I have a little brief story. I went to the cinema with a friend of mine, and I'm going to point out he was a guy. There's a reason for this. And he said, we're going to go and see the scary movie. And I said, please, I don't like scary movies because they stay in my head and yeah, i have weird, yeah. weird dreams i can't quite remember the name it was something to do with like hostage in it but it wasn't the one with bruce willis it was so bad such a bad movie that mentally affected all of us he came out of the cinema and he looked at me and said can we go and see a chick flick i need to balance myself out. <laughs> and that's what exactly what we did it was so disturbing yeah yeah i know some movies do that to you don't they you're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai I 103.8. Good afternoon, Nadia. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Good stuff. So we've been talking about, um, you know, some of the scariest things that have happened to us as it's Halloween. Um, what would yours be, Nadia? Uh, skiing. <laughs> skiing? Okay. Uh, not even dressed up. Tell me about this uh, particular uh, incident then when you went skiing. Right, so I was in university in Colorado, Denver, Colorado, and a very smart friend of ours decided to take my brother and I skiing, and we'd never skied. Okay. And we get onto the ski lift, and we just keep going up, then up, then up, then up. Yes. <laughs> and at some point, we're looking, we're like, we can't do this. My brother decides to stay on the chair, even though it wasn't allowed. He absolutely refused to get off. I got off. I was on a black, um, what do you say, black um, slope. Yeah. And I had to get down. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I didn't smell very good when I got down either. So you were stuck on this black slope? Mm. Yeah. And, and how, yes. how did you get, did you just slide down or how, how did it work? Yeah. It took me about an hour, an hour and a half. <laughs> an hour? An inch by inch. Mm, it was it was awful. It was probably the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Well, uh, so I made it because I'm talking to you. I guess that put you off <laughs> put you off skiing for life, did it? No, no, I love skiing. No, okay. I was determined to go back and learn how to ski. <laughs> so you did it, yeah. Uh, any plans for Halloween, Nadia? Yes, we're going trick or treating. Oh, cool! Uh, mm. With the whole family, yeah. yeah. With the family, that's right. Yeah, and you. Uh, I'm not. I don't know yet. I'm. Uh, you know. I'm. I'm not into me scary movies very much. So um, I don't know no, if don't I'm going to be going out. But anyway, Nadia, thanks so much for uh, your call. Thanks. Sunil joins us on the show. Good afternoon, Sunil. How are you? I'm good, Mark. How are you today? Excellent, sir. So tell me, um, what springs to mind? The scariest moment for you? Okay, back in the eighties in London, my family had gone to Spain for a holiday, and I was supposed to follow the next day. Okay. And uh, 
like we lived on three floors, living room, bedroom, and parents' bedroom. Yeah. And I, a floor above me, I had the window open and closed. And I, I basically froze. I, I, I tried to make a call to a friend, but I lost my voice. So I decided to sit on the bed all night with a cricket bat in my hand. Oh, no. I didn't whatsoever. Ah, that must have been terrifying. I mean, did he ever get to the bottom of it, why the window had opened no, and I, closed? I, I, I couldn't even call the police because I'd lost my voice. And I was just sitting on the bed, shaking. I mean, when the daylight came up, obviously I felt a lot better. I checked the whole house. There was no one there. But when I arrived in Spain the next day, my uncle told me something that I will never forget. He said, if you're scared, you will die a thousand times. You know, when I was wow. little, um, I used to share a bedroom with my sister, and I made sure she slept near the window because all I heard when I was little is the monsters will get the ones near the window first. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Sunil, I'm, I'm glad you lived uh, to tell the story. That's all I can say. And uh, do you still have the cricket bat? I still have the cricket bat and a baseball bat. <laughs> wow. <a> golf, <laughs> <golf club. laughs> so you, oh, so you triple triple protected if uh, a window should open uh, in your room. Have no, you got- now, now, if I hear something in the middle of the night, I would just confront it. I would walk straight to it. I will not sit on the bed and... and- no. And shake myself to sleep. Well, you've got the weapons there, haven't you? Let's face it. Base- baseball and cricket. Yeah. Have you got any plans for for tonight, for Halloween? Well, the whole area that I live in, we're all going to be doing trick-or-treating. We, we put little decorations on our front door so the children can come and grab their sweets. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to go around to grab sweets because I'm over 60, so people are telling me, don't come over, go to the nearest people market. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sunny, you'll have a brilliant uh, Halloween, and thanks so much for Thank coming you. on and talking to us about your scariest moment. Noel joins us on the line. Uh, good afternoon, Noel. How are you doing? I'm having my hair standing on its ends at this point. But that's in the market. <laughs> Tell me about this scary experience that's, that you have. And apparently every time you think about it, even today, it sends chills up and down your spine. Oh, yeah. It happened 14 years ago or 16 years ago. And I was actually in my office while I was in the Philippines pulling an all-nighter. Okay. So I was revu- reviewing a contract. And I was the only one left in the office at the time. It was around 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning already. Okay. There was nobody in the office. I was in my room. And I was, while I was reviewing the contract, I heard a lady sing and hum. <laughs> <laughs> doing like that. <laughs> man. Wow. Man, um, at, at nighttime, I, my office was a corner office. And it's close to, it's covered, it, Around it would be windows yeah. and glass. And at nighttime, whenever you're inside the office, your windows become like mirrors, right? Okay, yeah. So I didn't bother to look at the, the windows. I just shut, I just um, pulled down the monitor of my PC, of my laptop, and just walked out of the office. <laughs> I mean, and I-, I immediately went to a nearby foot massage area to just chill and relax. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after hearing this humming, this mysterious humming, you shut your laptop, went for a foot massage. I mean, what was it like going back into wow, the office the next day? Well, the next day it was okay. It was daylight. Right. <laughs> so, but, did, but, mm. did you ever work late again after that? Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. I, 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 I worked probably until around 8 or 9 and that's it. Hard stop, that's it. Yeah. Once the cleaner leaves... I go with it. I'm going as well. I don't blame you, Noel. That is an amazing story. And thanks so much for sharing it with us today on Dubai I 103.8. As uh, we look forward to Halloween tonight.
This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Welcome back into the show. It's Lunch with Lloyd through two o'clock. And uh, joining us right now on the show is that guy in Dubai, Paris Norris, who's back with us. Paris, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Mark. Happy Halloween. How are you doing? Yeah, happy Halloween to you as well, sir. I believe you've been on your travels of late. I have, yes. I've been uh, to Ireland and Northern Ireland for a week, and uh, it was lovely, but very wet and soggy. (laughs) Right, so good to be back into the sunshine, I'm sure. So being at Halloween, we're talking about scary things, and I mean, you do scary things for a living. Uh, We've had lots of messages coming in. Uh, It seems to me that bungee jumping is is, um, one of the most scary things that anybody has done. We've had quite a few messages on that. We've also had the the black chute, you know, in a water park where you can go in a a black kind of slide and it's absolutely pitch black and you're hurtling down there at breakneck speeds. What about you? I mean, as I said, you do scary things for a living what what comes to mind for you paris yeah well b- uh bungee jumping was one i did one of those uh this summer uh but um uh one thing that maybe goes one above that is skydiving um where i i've learned to become a skydiver so i'm now now a qualified skydiver which um uh to begin with was quite scary when you're hanging outside an airplane can't, can hardly see the bottom. You've seen people just disappear out of the airplane and uh, the wind's blowing in your face about to push you off the plane and you've got to jump out. It's, uh, uh, it, it gets the adrenaline going, that's for sure. I'm, I'm kind of h- holding on to the arms of my seat here in the studio <laughs> with that description. I mean, what made you want to do that? You know, uh, what, what was the, uh, the, the thought process behind wanting to jump out of a plane and skydive? Well, I'll be honest with you, Mark. Like As I was hanging off the plane, I did ask myself, have I made the right career choices in my life? Because <laughs> this was part of filming my TV show. And yeah. My show is to show people how to go and learn these things and how to do them and face your fears. And so I sort of put myself in that situation, really. Um, but it was something that I wanted to master. And, you know, it, it is a a challenge to overcome any fear and you know skydiving is definitely uh definitely one of those so um uh i i got through it and now actually i quite enjoy it i quite i I love jumping out of an airplane these days (laughs) (laughs) now you look forward to doing it so how different was it from the bungee jump um which you said you did so i i did a bungee jump after i'd become qualified as a skydiver so in some ways it was a lot easier because um I, I knew the I knew the feeling that was going to happen, um, uh, but it's uh, the, the big difference is you get awoken at the bottom of a bungee jump with a with a big tug and you start hanging upside down and uh, and then you're hanging upside down for quite a long time wondering when you're going to get let down. Um, but uh, I mean, look, I, I loved it. I did it in France. I jumped off the off the bridge in the Pyrenees and uh, it was fantastic and. You know me, Mark. I love, love to take videos of all these things. So I did a really nice video of yeah. it and uh, uh, love to do that. Would you do it again? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll get <laughs> Uh, yeah. we've, we've also been talking about scariest movies that we've watched as well um, over the years. Anything spring to mind for you there, Paris? Yeah, there's a few, actually. Um, I used to watch scary movies when my mum had gone away and we used to live in a a cottage in the middle of the woods so it added to the whole oh. effect and it was oh. really quite scary and the ones i used to love watching 
uh, when I was younger was the Hitchcock films. I really loved. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's one called Strangers on a Train, where two people meet and um, one of them knew the other one was a famous author, and then he starts becoming obsessed, and then he starts turning up, and he can't get rid of this guy. And uh, it's a really, uh, really well put together film. Um, but I think the scariest one for me that I can remember is one a bit more recent, um, which is The Ring. Uh, that really got my hair on end. The Ring. Right. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. No, I'm not a horror guy at all. But, I mean, just coming back to Hitchcock, um, I remember when I first saw Psycho, um, that one absolutely freaked me out. Of course, probably his most famous film. There's also The Birds as well, which um, is uh, yeah. another... I mean, every single Hitchcock film were just classics, weren't they? Yeah, and he sort of wrote the rule book on how to create horror films, uh, or films in general, really. He was one of the best directors uh, of the early ages. And so, um, you know, the, the, I, I also learned about them um, back at school, uh, if I remember correctly, it was in drama class. And, and we learn about, you know, the types of shots that he's, that he's done. You know, I think in, in Psycho, uh, the, um, w w w there's a famous scene in the shower yeah. where, where the lady gets stabbed. Yeah. And her, her eye becomes the becomes the um uh the drain hole yeah, sort of spinning around and, exactly. and this kind of clever uh cinematography that he did was really was really quite cool so how are you going to be spending your halloween then uh, paris what's on the menu for uh, today and uh, more importantly tonight when it gets dark well i'm not having a shower um, actually, I haven't. I haven't got a plan just yet. Uh, waiting for a friend to come up with a good idea and and uh, invite me out or something. Um, uh, only just got back from Ireland, so I haven't actually put anything together. But uh, I'm sure somebody will have a great idea of somewhere to go. And next projects on the horizon um, when it comes to guy in Dubai. What's what are the plans? Yeah, so I'm off to Cairo uh, the day after tomorrow uh, with Red Bull, and we're we're doing drifting. Um, and I'm going to be racing around in in cars. Uh, drifting is where you sort of skid sideways mm. in cars. It's what the rally drivers do. And I'm going to be doing that with Abdo Fagali, who's one of the best drivers in the world, and filming it um, in Cairo, which should be fun. Absolutely awesome. Well, uh, good luck with that. I'm sure we can probably talk about that when you get back, uh, what it's like to be drifting. But happy Halloween once again uh, to uh, Paris Norris, the guy in Dubai. This is Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Indeed you are, and good to have your uh, company. Thank you for all your messages coming in, which I will get to very shortly. But I want to focus on food next, and uh, the much-anticipated Chef's Table Initiative has launched. It's the UAE Capital's Premier Food Festival, and it'll host 50 of the best restaurants. And one of the chefs being featured is Sandeep Isle, who joins us right now on the show from the Punjab Grill. Sandeep, how are you, sir? I'm good, uh, Matt. How are you doing? Excellent. So firstly, tell us exactly what um, is the Chef's Table and what it's all about. Uh, well, the Chef's Table is part of the Abu Dhabi culinary season. 20 brilliant restaurants from across Abu Dhabi are participating in this edition and uh, we will be showcasing a special set menu with signature creations for this event. Uh, since this th season's theme is curated by fire, a lot of the dishes and elements in our menu will be cooked uh, on live fire, uh, live charcoal fire barbecue or from our tandoor. 
and uh, this promotion is, will be on from uh, going on now from uh, uh, going on now till uh, November 27th. Okay, um, so what kind of food or signature dishes uh, are the Punjab Grill going to put on their menu? Uh, so, uh, although we uh, focus purely on uh, Punjabi cuisine, for this event we will be doing Pan-Indian cuisine and showcasing a lot of dishes from across the country. Uh, for example, we'll be doing uh, some, uh, for the vegetarians, we'll be doing a Kundapur roast cauliflower, which is like... Uh, you know, taking the humble cauliflower and uh, glamming it up uh, and serving it with some nice uh, malvani sauce. Mm-hmm. We'll also be doing something like uh, uh, sesame coconut prawns with uh, uh, buckwheat noodles. Now, this is again a, a, an initiative that we have taken to uh, showcase old world grains over, you know, the common uh, refined flour-based uh, noodles. And we'll also be doing something called uh, dakshin chicken, which is a uh, a fried chicken that we'll be uh, crusting with some uh, Kerala papad and uh, serving it with a curd rice sauce and uh, uh, chicken and rice uh, papad. All right, so you've got quite a varied selection there. Um, I want to find out a little bit more about you, Sandeep. Um, I heard your culinary journey began when you was just 11 years old with a quest to recreate Maggie noodles. <laughs> Tell me more <laughs> about that, sir. Oh, well, uh, well, growing up, we didn't have uh, uh, much to do during the afternoon after coming back from school. And uh, both my uh, mom and dad would be working and uh, I had a younger sister. So it would be uh, left to me to wrestle uh, you know, up some uh, quick snacks before we could, you know, step down to play with our friends. Yeah. And uh, the quickest thing as per the ads was a two-minute noodles. Well, uh, they never took two minutes uh, when I was cooking them because I felt the need to kind of... Uh, <laughs> you know, make it uh, look good, uh, you know, try out new things. There were, there was the age of the cable television and get access to a lot of uh, cookery shows like uh, Yam Can Cook and you'd see these guys chopping up uh, some fantastic ingredients and it always be inspiring to, you know, try and uh, uh, make uh, the humble noodles uh, look good. And that's where it started, I guess. Wow, that's quite a story, and I'm sure your sister was very happy with uh, with your efforts uh, there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being a chef today in 2021, how you know how do you difficult is it to keep reinventing yourself, coming up with new ideas? Of course, there's a lot of competition here in the UAE with so many fantastic restaurants. Um, it is a bit difficult, but uh, this competition is what uh, pushes us to make the best of our resources. You know, to think outside the box, uh, to develop new ways of uh, doing business and winning uh, guests over. Um, this uh, drives our productivity and also improves the, improves the services that we provide our guests. Uh, I think it is important to be counted as one of the best restaurants in the UAE and uh, participating in the Abu Dhabi culinary season is, uh, I guess, a validation of the same. Um, uh, so, uh, where can people find out more about um, Chef's Table? Uh, you can always find out more about Chef's Table by visiting abudhabiculinary.ae or uh, Abu Dhabi Culinary on Instagram. You can also see what we are doing uh, at Punjab Grill by uh, checking us out on Instagram, Punjab Grill Abu Dhabi. And, and finally, if I'm up in the capital anytime soon, where can I find you guys at the Punjab Grill? Uh, so the restaurant uh, Punjab Grill is located at the Ritz-Carlton Grand Canal in Abu Dhabi. It's uh, right next to the Grand uh, uh, the Grand Mosque, uh, so you can't miss it. 
Awesome. Well, good luck um, for the event. Chef's Table, that's once again uh, Chef Sandeep Isle joining us on Lunch with Lloyd. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Now we're going to get all artistic right now as Abu Dhabi Art is back and it's going to be kicking off uh, in November, running through till January. And uh, joining me now to tell us more is uh, Dale Nasebi, who is the uh, director of Abu Dhabi Art, has been since 2016. I'll say good afternoon to you, Dale. How are you? Good afternoon, and thank you for having me. It's a, very well, thank you. It's a real pleasure. So it's the 13th edition of, um, of the Art Fair. What, what, what do you think makes it so, so popular? Well, this year is very special because, as with many industries, the pandemic has meant a very quiet period for everyone. We've been looking at art mm. online, we've been innovating online, but finally, finally, we get to all come together in real life and look at artworks and explore exhibitions and see the galleries again. So there's a real sense of excitement and coming together again this year after after quite a difficult year for the art industry. I'm sure. So tell us what kind of art we're going to be seeing. Is it local artists? Is it international artists? Is it a mix of, of everything? What's going to be on show? We have 50 galleries coming to Abu Dhabi. Um, we have 14 new exhibitors, new galleries that people have not seen before in Abu Dhabi. Um, and then the rest are returning exhibitors who are coming back to find friends and, and art collectors again. Um, I think it's 19 different countries represented by the different galleries. Um, They're really a very global art fair, but at the same time, uh, from the perspective of South Asia, from uh, from the perspective of the UAE and the Gulf, really from the perspective of the sort of global South, we have a spotlight this year with an amazing curator called Simon Najami on contemporary art from the African continent and bringing that into sort of global narrative and context. And we have artist installations um, by artists from around the world and also from the UAE happening both in Alain and in Abu Dhabi that people can explore off-site. But of course, all the main things are happening at Manarita Sadiat on Sadiat Island as well. So, I mean, what do you look for um, when you're deciding which artist that you want to showcase? What, you know, how do you, how do you go about narrowing it down and thinking this person is perfect um, for our Abu Dhabi art fair? It's really conversations with artists that happen over the years. They've been coming out with their galleries. They've been exploring the UAE. They've been exploring Abu Dhabi, and they have something they want to say or a question they want to ask in their work or something to explore. And, of course, artists from the UAE, um, you know, that really have a stake and bear witness to the changes in the UAE um, who also have something to contribute. So that's how we choose the artists that we commission. Um, And we've had some wonderful, exciting commissions over the years from Oliver Beer and Leandro Ehrlich, um, through our galleries, Ropak and Continua, um, you know, through to Manana Dawayan with Ather Gallery. Um, this year, we're working with um, Najat Maki, who's Hunar Gallery, and um, has an Harab Tabri Art Space. So some of them are sort of Dubai-based galleries, um, and some of them are, you know, in Abu Dhabi, and some of them are international. But it's it's about having those conversations with the artists about uh, about Abu Dhabi, about site specificity, about coming out and connecting. Um, creating works that respond to the exciting landscape we live in. What's, let me put you on the spot, what's been the most expensive piece of art that the fair has uh, ever showcased? Or uh, maybe not expensive, but perhaps most memorable for you, Diala? (laughs) There's been lots of different ones. I mean, most expensive, probably in the sort of, you know, million dollar mark, some of our sort of top galleries do bring bring work at, at, at that sort of price point. 
you know, most memorable, probably some of the site-specific installations that we see in our lane because they really are, you know, Imran Qureshi once came and, and did an incredible installation in the Oasis where he sort of painted directly onto the Aflage, the water systems in the Oasis. And so visitors came out and saw these beautiful palm trees and then beautifully intricate kind of miniature-style painting on the water systems. Wow. And um, that was beautiful. Um, but we do also have, and I, and I definitely stress this work, that at a much lower price point, at sort of anything from, you know, $1,000 to $3,000 mm. um, as well. So, so there is something we hope for anyone who wants to start a collection at different price points. It's not all um, big ticket sort of prices. And I mean, in fact, it's definitely not, you know, big ticket prices. <laughs> That's good to hear because I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so where and when is it taking place? So it is happening from the 17th to the 21st of November as an art fair at Manara Tassadiat in Abu Dhabi. And then um, some of our extended exhibitions will be happening uh, at Manara all the way through till January and also in uh, Alain at the Jebel Hafid Desert Park, the Alain Oasis, Jahili Fort. Um, so the extended exhibitions happen all the way through to January and um, the art fair itself, which is Please, please, please come and see it. It's going to be unmissable. It's 17 to 21 November. And uh, for all the information that we need, um, is there a website we can visit? Thank you for asking. It's abidabiarts.ae. Absolutely brilliant, Diala. Um, thank you so much for joining us and, uh, and telling us all about it. We wish you the very best um, for the Abu Dhabi Art back, kicking off once again in November, and it runs all the way through until January. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Yeah, welcome back into the show once again, kicking off a brand new week on this uh, Sunday afternoon. And we love to chat music on the show. And we've got a very talented young man joining us now. He's only 23 years of age, singer-songwriter uh, Vishal Ganesh. He's got a brand new song out called Hamster's Wheel, which we'll get to very, very shortly. I'll say good afternoon, uh, Vishal. How are you? Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Sorry, I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, I'm pretty good as well. Uh, now, tell us a bit about yourself and, and where you're from and um, how you got into making music. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Vishal Ganesh, as he just introduced me. Uh, my, I'm 23. Year, I'm, I'm 23. Uh, I'm from India. Um, so uh, if you know a little bit of, uh, about Indian uh, childhoods, we are encouraged to do as many things as possible with our time. So that yeah. We have virtually no free time whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Um, that's kind of the same story uh, for me. Um, so at a young age, I started making, I started learning music um, with guitar. Uh, then I uh, l- started learning uh, classical vocals, uh, Indian vocals, Carnatic. Mm-hmm. Um, then branching out to Western music. And like I, I learned drums here and there as well. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. That was my childhood, uh, being... Uh, brought up with music around me yeah and once i got into university i uh, that kind of like went away for a little bit the music side of me um i was more into like video editing and i, I wanted to pursue that side and yeah i just uh, found that passion back up again uh when i just uh, start buying gear like <laughs> yeah we love my, buying uh, gear don't we i mean when when you're actually writing your songs um vishal which um you know instrument do you like to write on and uh, does the music come first the chords the, the, or, the, or maybe the lyrics how how, do, how does it all happen for you 
Great question. Um, so for me, it starts with an idea first um, in the sense okay. where I try to identify what I want to talk about in a song. Yeah. Um, then it's it's all about trying to get there. So uh, <clears throat> with this song, Hamster Wheel, that's uh, actually coming out uh, the upcoming Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> it's I wanted to talk about I, that's I wrote this song basically when I just graduated uh, university and I just got my first desk job. And uh, first nine to five, and I really felt locked in. And so that's the uh, feeling I wanted to capture in that, uh, where it was like, hmm, uh, this is not exactly what I pictured and is not what I want to do. So it's that uh, basically. And then when coming up with the tune and everything, it starts with the guitar for me because that's kind of my home uh, through all of this. All right, let's have a, hear a little clip of, of, of this song. I'm uh, intrigued. Yeah, sure. uh, Hamster Wheel. H- here it goes. Let's talk robots, not talking about the ones that go bleep blop. No, ones just like you and me, like the ones that everybody wants you to be. Story time. It starts with going to school and sitting in class as you slowly put yourself into a box made of glass. And as they put you to sleep, proceed to alter your dreams. And then when you wake up, you find yourself in a wheel. Run, 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 they say. Run, 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 they say. Oh, you better run, oh, you're gonna slip away. You better run, 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 run. Run, 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 they say. Run, 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 they say. Skip and jump on tier 18 It's time for you to finally go and chase those dreams yeah. Seconds from the slap of reality Is the only moment that you're gonna be at peace You're only given a couple moments to take it all in Cause things are about to change and you're gonna be falling Into your ready grave in the name of college Work burying your body till your face is all in What you do really doesn't matter It don't have to make sense You're just running like a hamster Until your day's I love that. That is the first time that I've heard that. Um, uh, my producer, Punam, actually put that clip um, into our system for me. So I hadn't heard that before. That was fresh for me. And, um, yeah, it's almost like telling the story of, of the rat race, isn't it? It's um, uh, really good stuff, Vishal. And um, th- there's definitely some Ed Sheeran in there. My producer, Punam, said, ask me about that. Is, is Ed Sheeran a big inspiration for you? Oh, yeah. Uh one of the biggest inspirations actually the uh, i listened to his album on the release day the whole way through <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah he is definitely one uh, huge inspiration in the way i look at music and the way i start writing music um but it's uh, but it's also uh, a very hard task not to like you know copy his yeah. style and just create the same thing he would yeah uh because obviously you're not him, uh, and yeah, it's I try to balance. I try to balance that here and there. Um, each song is kind of in, uh, influenced by the uh, the artist I'm I'm obsessed with at that point in time. Right. Um, so you say this song is going to be coming out uh, this coming weekend. Yeah. Okay. Where can people find it? 
Actually, everywhere. Uh, any streaming platform, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, anyone you ch- that uh, that you actually listen to, it's all. It'll be there starting midnight on Friday. I think if you've had a, a, a tough day at the office, that's the perfect song to listen to when you get <laughs> home, isn't it? I wrote it there, actually. Did you really? You wrote it in them. the office. <laughs> Don't tell them that. I kind of wrote it there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so, I mean, what is your long-term plan, uh, Vishal? You know, you've written this song called Hamster Wheel about, you know, being perhaps trapped in, you know, a job that isn't really you. I mean, is music your long-term plan? Would you like to make it a profession at some point? Yes, actually, that is kind of the plan I'm working towards right now. Um, I'm in music school. I just joined up uh, this uh, this fall, and yeah, I'm I'm enrolled in the uh, in Berkeley College of Music, oh, and wow. I'm kind of pursuing a degree in music. Uh, Berkeley College. It doesn't get any better than that, does it? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to live performances, you know, what, do you consider yourself more a singer songwriter, or you know, are you someone that performs live as well in Dubai? Uh, at this moment, if I'm being completely honest, I'm a li- I have a terrible case of stage fright and I'm not really the best with uh, live performances. I'm kind of working up my courage to yeah. go and perform somewhere because I'm, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm more comfortable like right here with, with my mic right here and yeah. like, you know, in my safe space, but I need to put myself out there and then kind of make myself look like the fool the first couple of times yeah so I, can get I mean there's a lot, of, a lot of open mics that would be ideal for that and i know they get a lot of encouragement for, <laughs> for newcomers to do that i mean having heard your voice now um uh, I, I would say that is your next step is to get on stage and let people see you and you know get those songs connected with a live audience uh so if we want to follow you um on social uh vishal where do we need to head to um anywhere it's it's vxshaal um, so I've kind of made sure that I can keep that same name uh, in every platform. But yeah, uh, V-X-S-H-A-A-L. Brilliant, Vishal. Really uh, great to hear you. I think you've got a fantastic talent, great voice, and I love the, the hamster wheel tune and what it stands for. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a real pleasure.